Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Look with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 11. We'll continue our series on the Great Hall. And of course, all over our country, we have uh, different Hall of Fames, whether it be baseball or basketball or football, uh, even in college sports, we'll find certain halls of fame where those who would probably uh, be a little more famous in their accomplishments in the sports arena uh, of our culture are recognized for their accomplishments uh, in that. And as we come to Hebrews chapter 11, this has become known as the great hall of faith. Because every person that is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, it is spoken of wellly concerning their faith. And as we looked at last week, we considered the faith of Abraham and how his faith was rightly positioned uh, in God and how his faith was pursued, uh, looking at God's promises, and how his faith was patient. As we come back to Hebrews chapter 11, we come to uh, continue with this thought in verse number 11. So Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 11 is where we'll begin this morning. We're going to read two verses, uh, verse number 11 and verse number 12, where the Scripture says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and to him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. So here we have Sarah, the wife of Abraham. We looked at Abraham last week. We're going to look at his wife uh, this morning. And what an interesting couple these two were. We have much much to cover this morning, um, but I want to draw your attention to the 11th verse once again, where it says, through faith also. So just as Abraham did, Sarah herself re- received strength to conceive seed. Not that Abraham received strength to conceive seed, um, but it had to do with her faith. As it says in that last part, because she judged him faithful who had promised She judged him faithful who had promised. So let's pray this morning, and I want to preach a message entitled, Is Anything Too Hard for the Lord? Is Anything Too Hard for the Lord? Let's pray together and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You so very much. God, You have again given to us this wonderful gift of faith that we can choose whether to believe You, Your Word, or not. 
And Father, I pray this morning that as we sit and as we consider what Your Word has to say, as we consider Your servant Sarah, we consider her husband Abraham, and the faith that is described in both of them, I pray that in like manner, our faith would be demonstrated to trust You. To trust You in all things. To believe You for what Your Word says. God, that we would not waver. And that is Abraham, we would not stagger at any such thing. That is not of you. Help us in this. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So we have a few things here to look at. Last week we did not go uh, back to the book of Genesis. This week we will as we consider what is taking place in the life of Sarah and the life of Abraham. So if you want to, you can go ahead and turn back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis Chapter number 12, that's where uh, we are going to start this morning. Is uh, I'm going to make a few introductory comments, and then we'll look there. So if you want to turn, uh, you may, and then we'll kind of go forward throughout uh, the book of Genesis this morning. So just by way of preparing you of what is to come are several different passages within the book of Genesis as we consider uh, this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, as I ask that question this morning by way of titling the sermon, uh, I, I think in a crowd like this, of course, being in church and being a, a part of a church, uh, and, and I don't think this is somebody's uh, necessarily their first time ever in a church service, uh, if we ask the question, is anything too hard for the Lord, I, I think we would all in, in unison be able to say, no, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. And we know the right words to say in, in response to a question like that. But I would ask you to consider, with your mouth, we would say no, but in your heart, do you truly believe that? Do you truly believe in your heart that there is nothing too hard for God to do? You see, as people, faith is a very hard thing to grasp in our lives. We live in a very skeptical culture. We are prone to have doubts in our lives and in our minds and in our hearts. But can I say in all sincerity this morning that faith requires something? I don't want to shock you too much. But do you want to know what faith requires? It's mind-blowing. Faith requires faith. Doesn't make much sense, does it? Hopefully it will here in just a moment. But faith requires faith. Faith requires a history of faith. Hey, faith requires uh, a faith. Faith to be passed on and to be received. It says in the book of Romans in the first chapter, in the 17th verse, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so from faith 
is passed on to faith. And then it's passed on to faith. And this morning, as we look at the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter, the 11th verse, we find Sarah. Sarah, as we've already mentioned, was Abraham's bride, his wife. At 75 years of age, or 65 rather, Abraham was 75, they're 10 years apart. 65 years of age, she's beyond childbearing years. God comes to Abraham, her husband. And as God comes to Abraham, her husband, if you'll look at Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look at this conversation that God has with Abraham. During this time, uh, he's referred to as Abram, as Abram. And uh, you'll, we'll see how that happens to how he happens to become Abraham here in just a few moments. But I want you to see in verse number 1, as the Scripture says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So he says, not only will I bless you, but I'm going to make you be a blessing as well. In verse number 3, he says, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, she'll later become known as Sarah, and Lot, his brother's son or his nephew, and all their substance they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim, and unto the plain of Moreh. And the Canaanite was then in the land. In verse number 7, the Scripture says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he rode from thence unto a mountain on the east side of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south. We'll stop there uh, for just a few moments. But I want you to notice in verse number 7, as the Lord appeared unto Abram again, a second time, he said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Appeared unto him. Now, let's get a hold of what is taking place here. So we have Abram. He's living in his father's, uh, probably on his father's land. He's old enough. He's 75. Uh, he's old enough. He's been married for quite a while. And he's acquired his own possessions, his own things. 
And God comes to Abram and says, Abram, I want you to leave your father's land. I want you to leave your kindred. And I want you to come into a land that I will show you. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. I'll bless you and you will be a blessing to everyone. And I'm going to make your way prosperous. Follow me. So Abram packs up all of his belongings, his wife, even his nephew says, I'll go with you. They had servants. They had several. This wasn't just a, a couple of suitcases and things. I mean, this was everything they had acquired. And Sarah, at this time known as Sarai. Sarai packed all of her things when her husband came in and said, uh, we're leaving, we're moving. Where are we moving to? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how many married men do we have here this morning? Raise your hands. Oh, good. That's a good crowd. Uh, how many have your wife with you? How many of you know if you came in tonight and said, Honey, we're moving. What's the first question she's going to ask? Well, probably Why? Is going to be the first question. And your answer is, well, because God told me to, is your response. The second question she's going to ask more than likely is, where? Where? Okay, I understand God told you we're supposed to move, but where are we going to move? And if your response is, well, I don't know. How many of your wives are going to say, no. Wives in unison said, amen, or no, that's good too. No way. Not doing that. You're crazy. You're insane. I, I, know, I know what my wife would say. She would laugh. She'd say, well, okay. Now imagine if I said, no, 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 no I'm serious. We're going to move. We're going to leave tomorrow, start packing, and I have no idea where we're going. You know what that's called? Faith. Faith. Abraham was told by God, go into a land and I'm going to show you. Well, where are we going? I'm going to show you. I'll let you know when we get there. Then he says... Again, in verse number 7, as he's showing him all of this land, he says, I'm going to give this to your seed. That's a Bible word for children. The problem is, Abraham's 75 years old, Sarah's 65, and they have no children. No children. That's an issue. But Abraham says, okay, I believe you. Now here, I know we're talking about Sarah, and we're going to get to Sarah, but it's important that we understand what's going on in Abraham right now. Abraham says, okay, I believe you, and he follows. But Sarah's with him. Sarah's with him. 
Again, I, I, the Bible doesn't necessarily record to us the conversation with Abraham and with Sarah and each conversation as Abraham comes in. We don't see that conversation. We don't know what Sarah said, but we know this. She went. She went. She didn't stay behind. She went. And that brings me to our first point this morning in that Sarah, and you're going to have to follow this train of thought here very closely, as we consider Sarah's faith, we have to remember that Sarah had relied on traveling in someone else's faith. This was not Sarah's vision. This was not a conversation that God had with Abraham and Sarah. So here's what happened. Follow this train here. Abraham, God comes to him. He says, Abraham, I want you to follow. I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to show you where to go. You follow me. I'll bless you. Everything's going to work out great. No issue. No problem. I will take care of you. And not only in that, but I'm going to give you seed and children that will populate as the, the, the sand of the sea. You won't be able to count how many children and their children and their children and their children I'm going to bless you with. So Abraham says, okay. And he comes to Sarah and says, God told me this. Now again, we don't know their initial conversation, but we know this. She went with him in his faith. Sarah initially had to put her faith in Abraham's faith. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Sarah had to have faith that Abraham wasn't plumb crazy. She had to have faith that Abraham was doing what God wanted them to do. She was traveling in someone else's faith. We do that from time to time, don't we? We, we could even say it this way. We, we often borrow someone else's faith. We had a similar uh, experience in, in our marriage, even in moving here. As God was dealing with my heart about making a ministry transition, I came to my wife and I said, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And she said, yeah, I don't think so. And we talked on several different occasions, and, uh, and then after, I mean, it had been several months, and uh, one day she, she came in, and we were talking, and, and, and she said, you know, uh, I think it's time. I said, huh? And she said, yeah. You know, we talked, and it had been a while since we had talked, and, and she said, I didn't really understand it in the beginning, but if, if you're feeling this way, I, 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 I'm okay. And I said, oh, 
okay. And so we started the process, and uh, then it came time, and we came here. And I said, I said, I think, I think that's where we're supposed to be. And she said, okay. But you see, it was not necessarily in her vision. It was my faith in God to provide what our family needed to do at the time that she was putting faith in. Now, that is not to say that my wife nor Sarah did not have faith in God. What I am saying is, sometimes God puts us in a place where someone else has the faith, and we put faith in their faith. Now, it's a strange thing when we do that. But Sarah followed. She put her faith in Abraham. Abraham said, let's go. And she followed, and she traveled in Abraham's faith. In chapter 13, it says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that they had, and Lot with him into the south. And so everywhere they had gone, she traveled with him. But I want to say, as we consider the fact that we will sometimes have to travel in someone else's faith, or we have to borrow from their faith to make our faith. I want to say this. This is very important in understanding. And I'll illustrate it here in Sarah's life as well. But someone else's faith will only take us so far into the journey. It's only going to get us so far. That's what happened to Sarah. Jump over to uh, chapter 16, if you will. Actually, go back to uh, chapter 15, if you would. We're going to look at a couple of verses here. Because God is continuing to have these conversations with Abraham. In chapter 15, God comes to Abraham uh, in a vision, and He says, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, uh, stop there just for a moment. If, if Now look, Brother Marty, listen, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Brother Burl, don't be afraid. Now, are you confused right now? Why? Because you're not afraid? Don't be afraid. You're, you're thinking, what am I afraid of? Right? Yeah, what am, what am I supposed to be afraid of that I don't know I'm supposed to be afraid of? Now, it's kind of weird telling someone that's not afraid to not be afraid, right? Everybody with me? All right. So why was God telling Abraham, don't be afraid? Why? Somebody just blurted out. No, not necessarily. Okay, but why was he telling him, don't be afraid? Make it more simple than that. Because he was afraid. Again, you don't tell someone who's not afraid to don't be, don't be afraid. Just like I did with Marty. Hey, Marty, don't be afraid. Marty's like, huh? I'm not afraid of anything. Abraham was obviously afraid of something. If you look down, this is the conversation. Because Abraham responds to God, and he says, what wilt thou give me? 
Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Verse number 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Hey, listen, Abraham's there. And he's, he's trying to figure this out. God said, follow me, and I followed, and we're, we're, we're here, and God has protected us, and, and all of this, but, but the only one that I can see uh, inheriting everything that I have is Eliezer, and he's simply a servant. He's not kin to me. And, and, he, and Abraham, again, he's trying to figure out God. I will tell you, I will admit, I am guilty of this very same thing. Very same thing. Try to figure it out. We figure out a way, don't we? I'll tell you, sometimes I'm pretty good at figuring things out. But I will tell you, there's been a few times where I figured something out. I got it done. I got the problem handled. Feeling pretty good. And then something, whether it's the Holy Spirit or my own conscience, comes in and says... Glad you did that. But what could God have done? You see, sometimes we fix things that God was going to fix. We do that, don't we? And Abraham is there and he's trying to figure this out. And God says, Look, I'm going to do this. And Abraham says, He believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, Sarah's traveled in Abraham's faith. She's right there with him. But they're getting older. They're not getting younger. She begins to wonder, is this ever going to happen? She could only travel so far in this journey. And I will tell you, if we try to travel farther... And what that faith will allow, our faith, our faith is often weakened when it's actually someone else's faith that we're having faith in. So how do you know that? Look at chapter 16. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abraham, Abram, Behold now, look at this, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my handmaid, or to my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. 
And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dealt or dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. When she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Stop there just for a moment. You see, when we travel in someone else's faith, our faith will often become weak. Because what we have faith in is someone else's faith, not necessarily in God. Sarah says, now notice this, she blamed the Lord. She said, the Lord has done this to me. Notice that. She said, He, the Lord, hath restrained me from bearing. She says, but I have a solution. She says, Abram, I can fix this. She said, Hagar has been with us all this time, my maid. Just, just going under her. Let her bear you seed. Do that. So they had the ceremony. Hagar becomes Abraham's wife. And he does exactly what Sarah wanted him to do. Hagar gets pregnant. Hagar has a baby. But, but, Sarah says in verse number 5, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. When she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. Sarah says, I did this. I made this happen. It didn't go as planned. Not good. Not good. She says, my wrong, or my bad, be upon thee. You see, often when our faith is skeptical, or it gets skeptical when it's someone else's faith. She, she was skeptical. Is this ever going to happen? Her faith was weakened. It is never going to happen. That's because her faith was in Abraham's faith. In Abraham's faith. If you'll hold your place here in Genesis, we'll come back here. Uh, but I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 11 some very important words here. Because at, up to this point, Sarah had relied on traveling in someone else's faith. Let me show you point number two. Verse number 11 of Hebrews 11 says, Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful, 
who had promised. Notice this. Notice a couple of things. Very important here. Through faith, also Sarah herself. If you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, I would encourage you, circle the word herself. Herself. Received strength. Also Sarah herself. And drop down to that last phrase where it says, because she judged him. Underline that, circle it, highlight it. She judged him. Faithful. Who had promised. This promise, listen, was not from Abraham, was it? No. This promise was from God. Up to this point of her bearing this son, up to this point as we were in Genesis chapter 16, she had not judged God faithful yet. She was still traveling in Abraham's faith. But notice this. She judged. That means she discerned or distinguished, considered accurately for the purpose of forming an opinion or a conclusion. She said, at some point in time, God is faithful. Now, Abraham's faith, I believe, helped her get there. It helped her along the way. But as I said a moment ago, traveling in someone's faith, someone else's faith, will only get you so far in the journey. At some point in time, you are going to have to see God for yourself. You are going to have to experience something in God for yourself. Listen, I, I remember there was a time in my life, man, I, I mean, I'm, my parents started taking me to church when I was a young boy. And I traveled in their faith. I traveled in the faith of my church, of my Sunday school teachers. I traveled in the faith of my pastor. I traveled in the faith of, uh, of my youth pastor. I believed what they said. I, I trusted in what they said. What can I tell you? There came a day or I couldn't just trust in what they said any longer. I remember the day vividly. I was laying in my bedroom late at night. I lived at 2720 Christian West Drive in Indianapolis. I don't know why I still remember the address. That's where I was. My bedroom was the first door on the left as you went down the hallway, and I laid there in my room. My bed was against the window side, my dresser across the, the way, and, and I laid there, probably 13, 14 years old. I thought to myself, God, you must do this. And I prayed. I cried, and, 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 and I was at a place where 
I, I couldn't even, I couldn't pray enough. I, I got to the place where I didn't even know what to say, but I needed God to do something. I got my Bible out and I read, and the more I read, I cried, and, and, and the more I cried, I prayed, and, and I just begged God, God, you have to do this. No one else can. I tell you, it was an impossible situation. I, I was so young in the faith, even though I had trusted in other people's faith, I, I did something that was utterly ridiculous on that night. As I was trying to put my faith in God to do something in my life that was so important, but only He could do it. I didn't know what to do. And so I turned to my favorite passage of Scripture and I opened it up and I told you it was late that night and I said, God, you've got to do something. And I took my Bible and I stuck it under my pillow so I could go to sleep. Because I had this thing in my mind that if I had it open to my favorite passage, even though I wasn't reading it, that God would look down and do something. And he didn't. He didn't. Days turned into weeks. Weeks turned into months. And then one day, God did what only God could do. Now look, up to that day, I don't know the date, I have no idea what the date was, but up to that day when I was alone in my room, I had only traveled in someone else's faith. That's not to say I wasn't saved. I had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. God had saved me, but I continued to travel and borrow from other people's faith. But I was at a point in my life where I couldn't go any further in the journey unless I had my own faith. Sarah demonstrates that to us. I want you to see that. If you'll go back to Genesis... She did it herself. She discerned that God was faithful. Well, what happened? Again, she, she went, uh, Abraham having uh, a child with Hagar caused nothing but issues and problems. In chapter 17 and verse 15, God said to Abr Abram, Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai. But Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings, people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born of him that is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. 
Abraham says, God, this is impossible. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And he goes on to talk about Ishmael as well. As we come to chapter 18, something takes place. There appeared unto him in verse number 1 in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the door of the heat of the day of the tent. In verse number 2 it says, And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him, and he saw them and ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched to wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on. For therefore, as ye come to your servant, and they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quick three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes and upon the hearth. And Abram ran into the herd of, and fetched a calf and tender and good, and gave it unto the young man, and hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Notice that, the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Notice that phrase, the title of our sermon this morning. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not. For she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. In this same chapter is where we find God informing Abraham that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he goes through that, and uh, you go through that story, and if you'll turn over, Abraham continues to go through, if you'll go to chapter 21. It says, And the Lord visited Sarah, as He had said, 
And the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which Abraham had spoken, or which God had spoken to him, sorry. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare, unto, bare to him, Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. There it was. She had given Abraham a son of his old age. Her faith came as a result of someone else's faith. But now her faith is coming based upon her previous experiences with God. She had seen, she had watched, she had overcome all of these things. But there came a point where she said, whether in her heart or verbally out loud, God is faithful. No, there's nothing too hard for Him. You see, when we ask that question, is there anything too hard for God? While part of us may say, uh, I'm not sure. There's another part that says, no, of course not. He's God. And I believe it was at that time when God asked the question, is there anything too hard for the Lord that Sarah answered no? There's not. There can't be. And She judged him faithful. You see, there comes a time in life where we must rely on trusting God as faithful. That's the second point. Sarah had relied on trusting in God as faithful. No longer walking in someone else's faith, Sarah finally had her own faith. And so much so that God chose to record and keep for us in Hebrews chapter 11 that it went, said that Sarah herself, it was no longer Abraham's faith, it was Sarah's faith. It was Sarah that she had, that he gave strength to, to conceive the seed that when she was past age, because she, not he, she had judged him faithful who had promised, and it was God that gave the promise, not Abraham. It was God that gave the promise that she would bear a son. It was God that when she was 90 years old, her husband 100 years old, that God said, it's done. Can you imagine those nine months? That 90-year-old Sarah carried that baby in her womb. I, I, I know statistics say the, the older a woman is when she bears a child or is, is pregnant with a child in the womb, the, the more difficult the possibility of carrying that baby to term is. Sarah was well past that. I can imagine Sarah those nine months trying not to do the wrong thing. Then the day came 
she delivered. They didn't have sonograms and things back then. She had faith. Because God says she's going to have a son. You're going to call his name Isaac. You notice it wasn't even a question. When he was born, they just said, Isaac's here. His name is Isaac. Without question. Why? Because she judged him faithful. Listen, I have to ask this morning, are you traveling in someone else's faith? Are you borrowing from someone else's faith this morning? I know it's very possible, uh, young people, uh, are you traveling in the faith of your parents? Not that that's a bad thing, but there's going to come a time when you're going to have to exercise your own faith. It may not be today, it may not be next week, it may not be next year, but there's going to come a time where you are going to have to exercise your own faith in God. Build a record. I'm convinced this morning that that faith builds faith. Faith requires faith. I'm reminded of David when he went to face Goliath. They said, no, you can't do it. You won't win. And David said, of course I'll win. Well, how do you know that? Well, because God delivered me from the lion that came in and took one of my sheep. And then God delivered me from the bear. And this, this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them. God will deliver him into my hand. David wasn't, wasn't boasting in his ability. David's faith was not in his ability to throw a, a, a sling and a, a slingshot and hit it in the right spot. He said, no, God will deliver me. Why? Because he already had a record of God doing something in his life. Faith to faith to faith. You're going to need your own faith. Develop it. Until you have your own personal faith experience with God, you'll never truly understand that there is nothing too hard for God. For me, I was 14. And I'm going to tell you, that particular day changed my life. Changed my life. Because I realized the God that saved me, there's nothing too hard for Him. Nothing. It changed the course and direction of my life. I'm convinced this morning that I can stand here and, and, and preach His Word because when I was 14 years old, I had a personal experience with Him. Yes, it was after salvation. Yes, it was after those things. But it was at that time that I stopped borrowing somebody else's faith and said, God, you've got to do something. And He did. Oh, God is faithful indeed. You can and you should put your faith in God. Go ahead. Judge for yourself. Listen, don't, don't, I, I, I don't necessarily want you to travel in my faith. If you need to borrow some, I'll gladly give it to you. But I want you to have your own faith in God. 
I want you to believe in your own heart that God is able, that God is willing, that God can do what it is that He said He will do. Your own faith. Again, you can borrow mine, but it's not going to be the same as having your own. You can borrow your sisters, your families, your brothers, your uncles, your moms, your dads, but it's not going to be the same like your own. Oh, you can have faith in God. We're living, we are living in unprecedented days. Days like we've never seen. We talk about the post-Christian culture. We talk about how are we going to minister? How are we going to do this? It's going to require faith. If we're going to reach this generation for Christ, it's going to require faith. And you're going to have to have your own. Listen, you know one of the best things about having your own faith? I mean this. One of the best things of having your own faith is this. Somebody can borrow from you. Isn't that something? You borrowed from somebody else and somebody can borrow your faith if you just get your own. Oh, man. Oh, isn't that something? We have a world to reach. We have a world to reach that some have never heard the gospel. They don't know the Jesus of the Bible. They're going to need your faith. From faith to faith. There was a time when Sarah borrowed it. But then there came the time that by herself, she judged God faithful. Listen, God doesn't mind if you judge Him faithful. You know why? Because He's faithful indeed. He's faithful indeed. You need to develop your own faith. If we're going to reach this world, if we're going to minister properly in a post-Christian culture, we've got to have our own. Sarah developed it. So can you. You can trust God. You can. Every head bowed. Every eye closed.